Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of the mailbag episode like I promised, um, but I wanted to talk real quick before I get into that about last night's game. Now, people, first of all, yeah, Nuggets beat the Clippers in Game 7. Nuggets will play the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, and Kawhi Leonard will end his uh, defending Finals MVP season with a second-round exit and a blown 3-1 lead. Um, Oh, here's my thing. I've been saying it for months and months and months since Kawhi won the NBA Finals last week. He's overrated, and everyone's like, he's not overrated. He's like the sexy darling pick for MVP. He's everyone's darling uh, for uh, the best player in the NBA. You have guys on first take like Max Kellerman calling Kawhi Leonard the best player in the NBA. And my thing was, okay, if you're the best player in the NBA, you got to score, you got to win, you got to play, and you got to take down LeBron. LeBron is the reigning best player in the NBA. If you're going to be the best player, if you're Kawhi Leonard, you're going to have to beat LeBron James in the playoffs or at least have a chance to. Okay, you got to win plays. You got to get to the conference finals. If you're the best player and you're healthy all year, you got to make the conference finals. Kawhi Leonard, everyone's talking about how great Kawhi Leonard is as a scorer. Kawhi Leonard, for there's like, he's got 9,700 career points 300 guys in NBA history have more points than Kawhi Leonard. He's about to be a 29-year-old in his 10th NBA season. Or his 9th, 10th or 9th, whatever. It's, I think it's the 10th. And people act like Kawhi Leonard's an all-time great scorer. There's 300 guys with more career points than Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Kawhi Leonard also does not rank in the top 250 all-time players in assists per game. Or, excuse me, assists total. I said he needed to play. Kawhi Leonard missed 15 games this year. It's a shortened year, but he missed 15 games. Load management. Everyone's talking about load management. He missed time last year. Only played nine games a couple of years ago. And last year, Kawhi, first of all, Kawhi Leonard's first finals MVP season with the Spurs, yeah, he shut down LeBron James. But what else did Kawhi Leonard do? He was a role player. That was Tim Duncan's team. That was Manu Ginobili's team. That was Tony Parker's team. That was not Kawhi Leonard's team. And they were... Under, he was playing under one of the best head coaches in NBA history, Greg Popovich. Then he goes to Toronto. His lone season in Toronto, they win the title. But what happened on the way there? In the second round against Philadelphia, Game 7, Kawhi Leonard hits arguably the luckiest three game-winning three in the history of basketball. Hit off the rim three different times and goes in to take down Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Then he gets to the Finals. And Kevin Durant's hurt. Clay Thompson's hurt. Steph Curry's a little nicked up. Heck, Steve Kerr might have been hurt. Everybody on the Warriors was hurt. They were the 2016, excuse me, the 2015 Cavs. They were extremely talented, the Warriors were last year, but they were all injured. Just like this past year, the Golden State's been injured for about a season and a half now, including last year's playoffs. Kawhi Leonard beat up those guys. It took him six games to do it. it took him six, seven games to take down the 76ers. That was Kawhi Leonard's finals MVP. And then Kawhi Leonard leaves Toronto, and that team's almost back in the conference finals next year. This past season, the Raptors, they were a Game 7 bounce away from going back to the conference finals because they are well-coached, they have one of the best rosters in the NBA, and they just have great chemistry with Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka. Those guys have chemistry. 
And Kawhi Leonard, you know, Paul George after the game yesterday was saying, oh, we just give us another year. This wasn't a championship or bust season. Give us another year and we'll be competing next year. I kind of think this was championship or bust. Everybody was talking like the Clippers were going to win it this year. Kawhi Leonard's never been under more spot under the spotlight more. Never been under more scrutiny. Kawhi Leonard, people were calling him the best player in the NBA. Better than LeBron James. Better than Giannis. Better than Luka. People were calling Kawhi Leonard the best player in the NBA. Media people were doing it, and it got people in the masses to call Kawhi Leonard the NBA's best. Let me tell you, if you're not even ranked in the top 275 all-time scorers, and you've been in the league for almost a decade, that gives me some reason to say you're probably not even close to being the best player in the NBA. Defensively, yeah, Kawhi Leonard's got some of the best defensive efficiency in all the NBA. I'll give him that. Best get a basket, get a stop player in the NBA might be Kawhi Leonard. Okay, his defense is exceptional, and his shooting is usually very good most nights. Not terrific, but usually very good. And last night you saw it. Kawhi Leonard under the spotlight. Game 7 of the second round. Two points, one for 11 shooting. Scoreless in the fourth, all of the second half. One for 11 with two points in the second half. Zero points and 0 for in the fourth quarter of a Game 7 that he had a chance at. Paul George didn't make a shot in the fourth quarter. That's their two best players. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, those are your guys. You want the ball in their hands in the fourth quarter of Game 7. They gave it to him. They didn't make a single shot in the fourth quarter. That's an all-time choke. They were up three games to one. They blew 15-plus point leads in Game 5 and 6, and then in Game 7 they had a halftime lead, and then they were just completely dominated in the second half by the young, inexperienced Denver Nuggets. Nikolai Jokic... Inexperienced. He's a two-time All-Star, but inexperienced. Jamal Murray, we really didn't even really talk about Jamal Murray until the playoff run this year. 50 points, dropping 50 on the Jazz, dropping 40 on the Clippers. Holy Moses. And then, you know, everyone's to blame. Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, even head coach Doc Rivers, they're all to blame here. Okay, this was an epic collapse by the L.A. Clippers. The Western Conference Finals, and my there's no shame in losing to the Lakers. You lost to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. There's no shame. Okay, they're they're the number one seed in the West. People were sort of picking LeBron to win his fourth chip this season anyway. If you lose to them, okay, there's no shame in that. You probably could have won. You're a better defensive team, and you're a little bit more uh, buttoned up than the Lakers. Okay, the Lakers' young stars can be brutal some nights. Kyle Kuzma, but... You lost in the, and you had a chance in the second round. You're up 3-1 on a young, inexperienced Denver team. They're physical, but they're very talented. They can shoot, but they're inexperienced. Okay, they're very young, juvenile team. Yeah, should have won that game. You should have won game five. Should have closed it out in five. We're moving on to the Western Conference Finals. Nope. Nope, that's not what it was. We had to... We had to blow a big league in Game 5. Okay, Game 6, we got it. We still, we're going to beat the Lakers, but we just got to get past the Nuggets first. That's the Clippers' problem. They were looking ahead to the Lakers the entire way, and that's why they lost. 100% chance that's the reason they lost. They were looking ahead to LeBron. 
They were saying, we can beat the Nuggets. We can beat the Dallas Mavericks. We can beat whoever you put in front of us. We just got to beat the Lakers. But they didn't even get a chance because they were looking ahead. That's the problem. Teams do that. Okay, the Rockets, a couple years ago when they were playing Golden State, they sort of put their tail between their legs and said, we got to beat LeBron. We got to beat Cleveland. Next thing you know, they're up 3-2 on the Warriors. They lose game six and seven on some of the worst three-point shooting in NBA history. That's what happens when you look ahead. You get distracted. You lose your focus. The Clippers lost their focus. That's a good team. And they are top-heavy. Kawhi Leonard, sure he's a top-ten player in the NBA. I'm not that hard on him. Paul George is a six-time All-Star. All-NBA first team. He's a great player. He's an Olympic basketball player. Paul George is great. He's not great in the playoffs, but in the regular season, give me Paul George. He's really good. Just wasn't this time. Entering his 11th year, I still like this nucleus. I like the Clippers. They're not an all-time great roster. They need to add one more piece, and then maybe I give the Clippers the edge next year. But as long as LeBron is playing in the same stadium, playing in the same city, and he's got Anthony Davis. First of all, LeBron's better than Kawhi, and Anthony Davis is better than Paul George. That's really what it is. I don't think Frank Vogel is better than Doc Rivers. But when you're better top-heavy, when your stars are more top-heavy than the other team, they're going to win. The Lakers would have won the chip anyway. Sort of how it is. So, anyway, the Clippers lose. It'll be Lakers-Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, a series that the Lakers will win, and LeBron will go back to the Finals after a one-year break, and he'll win another championship. Doesn't matter who he plays, Miami or Boston. He'll play great basketball. He'll be Finals MVP. He'll be a four-time champion, and we'll start talking about LeBron a little bit differently. But there's always going to be an asterisk. Oh, they didn't have to play the Clippers. Oh, it was a weird COVID season. That's what's going to happen. I Mark my word, that's what's going to happen to LeBron James this time around. Okay, and so, yeah, like I said, looking ahead, they were looking ahead. That was the problem with the Clippers. Everybody talking about Kawhi and Paul George. They were combined 10 for 38 with 24 points together. 10 rebounds, 8 assists combined. That's not going to get it done. Their team scored an average of 16.5 points per quarter in the second half, third and fourth quarter. Those are the money quarters. They scored a combined 33 points in the second half, and some of it was garbage time. Laughable. People really thought Kawhi Leonard was better than LeBron James. LeBron's the king. He's arguably the greatest of all time or second greatest. And he's still the best. There's nobody I'd rather have in the NBA. If I'm drafting a team right now for the next four to five years, it's still LeBron, even if he's 36, 37 years old. Taking him. He's the most skilled player I've ever seen. Most physical and physically imposing. I, you don't want anybody in a bigger moment than LeBron James. That's why he's the best. He's been the best for 17 going on 18 years. And he's still got some years left in him with that franchise, and he's about to win his fourth championship He's one of the best all time. I think he's the best. So, all right. I promised a mailbag episode. Let me get to some of your questions. Uh, this first question, I'm going to anonymously uh, report these. 
Uh, first question, who would you rather have for the next five years, Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield? Okay, so these guys play each other in a very interesting matchup tomorrow night. Bengals-Browns Thursday night football on Fox. Uh, I'm taking Joe Burrow. I'm sorry, I see Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow, and I see too much of Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield. You know, Colin Cowherd made the comparison to, you know, between Baker and Case Keenum. Case Keenum's coincidentally Baker Mayfield's backup in Cleveland. I think Baker, once you put all the weapons around him, he might succeed. But that's a team that needs a running game. They need to be coached up, and they need an offensive line if he wants to succeed at all. And guess what? Browns have an average offensive line. Their running game just got away from them, and they have very inexperienced coaching. And Baker Mayfield's just not that talented. He's sort of a Russell Wilson build, has nothing close to Russell Wilson's skill set or Drew Brees' skill set. Um... And he's just very un, undisciplined in the pocket. I mean, he just, when he rolls out, he's like Mitchell Trubisky. He'll roll out and try and make something happen on the run when he could have just stayed in the pocket and make a flat-footed throw. And Baker Mayfield is trying too hard to target Odell Beckham. He, he knows he has stars, and he tries to utilize them instead of, you know, just trying to make everybody work together. No, he wants his... His star, Odell Beckham, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL when he's at his best. He wants to get him going. He wants him and Odell to be the stars. Well, I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield's not a star quarterback. Joe Burrow, what I saw from Joe Burrow week one against the Chargers was very, very good. Through a terrible interception in the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow. It was awful. I hated it. I thought, that's it. That's going to ruin this kid's confidence. Not to mention, first of all, Joe Burrow had an exceptional uh, run in the fourth quarter, excuse me, in the first half, 22-yard uh, touchdown run for his first NFL touchdown. He had eight carries for 46 yards. Joe Burrow can move, folks. He's not some statue. Okay, last drive, Joe Burrow was exceptional. Okay, Joe Burrow completed or threw for 62 yards on the last drive, drove him right down the field. 14-play drive, bing, bing, bing. Throws a game-winning 13-yard touchdown pass. Excuse me, three-yard touchdown pass to A.J. Green. Green's called for a ticky-tack OPI call. And then he gets bangled. Bengals miss the, the... Randy Bullock misses the field goal. Or else Joe Burrow goes to overtime, adds on. Could have won that game. I'd rather have Joe Burrow. He's a player. He's a real player. That team, last year when he was on LSU... Best college season I've ever seen, 60 touchdowns, 6 picks, and he came out of nowhere to do it. He was a transfer student from Ohio State, couldn't start at Ohio State, goes to LSU, ends up being one of the best college quarterbacks ever, goes number one overall to the worst team, and Cincinnati had a chance to win or tie it late. Okay, They were leading into the fourth quarter. That was impressive from Joe Burrow. Um, I didn't love how he played, 5.5 yards in attempt, 66 passer rating. But the Chargers have some of the best corners in the NFL. Okay, that's a good team that he played against. And they get Cleveland, Philadelphia, and Jacksonville over their next three games. And don't sleep on Joe Burrow's matchup against the Eagles. Eagles couldn't stop anything. Uh, any offensive lineman couldn't stop Washington's defensive line. And Dwayne Haskins had a really efficient game. And I think Joe Burrow is slightly more talented than Dwayne Haskins. That could be a good Look, they could win. Or they could at least look good. I'd rather have Joe Burrow. Baker Mayfield has had way too long to impress, 
to prove that he's the franchise quarterback in Cleveland, the team that hasn't had a franchise quarterback since Bernie Kosar. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 12-18 and 18 record and 30 starts, 36 interceptions and 30 starts. Passer rating of, let me check, oh, 85. 61 completion percentage since the start of last year, 6-11. and 11, 59 completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, 22 picks, 78 passer rating. Not very good. That's 17 starts worth. He's averaging... 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 21 picks per 16 games. Don't love it. Never have. So I'm taking Joe Burrow. Long answer to that question. Uh, next question. I'll only do a couple. I'm not going to go too long. Next question. Is the Washington football team poised to make a playoff run this year? Um, now, they looked good. First of all, they looked great. Week one against Philadelphia, division rival that usually owns us, Carson Wentz, who usually owns us, held him to 17 points, shut him out in the second half, got three turnovers and eight sacks off of him. That's a great defensive showing, especially for a team like the Eagles, who I think are going to win the division. Dwayne Haskins, 17 to 31, Buck 78, a touchdown. Not great. 83 pass rating. He was not great. I don't think he will be great this year. Let's look at their schedule. Uh, next up, they play the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are good. They just beat San Francisco, who won, who almost won the Super Bowl last year. DeAndre Hopkins is a problem. Kyler Murray is really good. I don't think Washington will get eight sacks this week. Um, that'll be a tough game. They could play Cleveland in a couple of weeks and follow that up with Baltimore. Those are going to be tough games, especially the Ravens. Uh, looking at their schedule, they have a tough, tough schedule. I see six and ten, seven and nine, maybe. Uh, I was shocked by how they played week one. I think that buys them a little bit more confidence. I think they're very well coached. One of the best coached teams in that division. I think they're better coached than Dallas and the Giants. Not as good as Philly, but Ron Rivera is a great head coach. And if he goes uh, and takes cancer treatment because he's got cancer, Jack Del Rio is a very, very good defensive coach. And he's been a head coach and a sound head coach for the Raiders and Jaguars in his career. I think they're very well coached. I think Dwayne Haskins can only go up. I think he's improving. I don't think he's, he's a turnover machine like he was early on. In games that Dwayne Haskins starts... Three and five record, not great. Eight touchdowns, three interceptions. In games he doesn't start, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. Since he's been the starter, he's felt that leadership role. I think he is a leader. He's got that swagger, that confidence, and he's throwing with more poise. I see Washington going up. I don't think they're a playoff team, especially in this division, but they're looking up, and I think they could be a playoff team very, very soon, maybe not this year. Okay, last question. Um, thoughts on Carol Baskin on Dancing with the Stars uh, in general and her performance. So what are my thoughts on Carol Baskin? Everybody knows Carol Baskin was on uh, Tiger King. Um, she is mixed up with Joe Exotic. Uh, her husband. People think she killed her husband. Her husband's been missing. And a lot of people think she killed him and uh, disposed of his remains. Uh, I think she's weird. I watched. A I wasn't big into watching the Tiger King, but I watched a little bit of it, and I think she's strange. Uh, I don't think she's mentally stable. I think she's hiding a lot of things. I definitely do think that she killed her husband, um, just based on the way her persona. You can always tell when they do these, because I was big. Me and my girlfriend this summer watched uh, a couple documentaries called Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries, one of them had um, a, a, a woman who died and her husband was like the main suspect and they interviewed her husband for the documentary and he just seemed all sorts of suspicious and you look on the on reddit 
everybody thinks that he did it. And he just gave off the, you know, he gave off the feel that he did it. Carol Baskin gives off the feel that she killed her husband. Now, I'm not totally invested in this, but I think the writing's on the wall. You just can tell how someone acts. If, if she's not mourning his death, if they had a huge struggle, potential divorce before one of their deaths, always look very closely at the spouse for some foul play. That's what I think. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, uh, nor have I ever, or nor am I interested. Uh, the fact that Carol Baskin is on Dancing with the Stars is kind of silly to me. I think it's sort of glorifying a potential murderer. Uh, but, you know, that's what we like. We, you know, we like that stuff. So, um, I guess so I can answer this last question. When will the aliens finally come and abduct Tom Brady? Not soon enough. I'm sick of Tom Brady. It's his 21st season. I watched Tom Brady come out there against New Orleans on Sunday, and I was like, oh, gosh. I just, I can't wait until he's gone. Just until he's not a problem anymore, so we can move on with the new NFL. Tom Brady is 43 years old and still thinks he can win a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay is a long shot this year. I'm just calling it. They're not even the best team in their division. People are giving the Buccaneers way too much credit for that offense. Yeah, not giving them. I, I'm not in love with the Bucks like the media is, just like I'm not in love with the Cowboys. So, anyway, brief. Uh, if you have more questions, I can get to them tomorrow uh, at the end of my show. Um, but tomorrow, Cleveland and Cincinnati, first Thursday night football game on Fox of the 2020 season. And uh, we will see Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield go head-to-head for the first time as NFL quarterbacks cannot wait. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob Valliere, and we, I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. You've been listening to The Jadava Show. Take care.